and uh, I do have a very, very, very uh, amazing new joke with you to share. So this is a preacher who got so frustrated, he said, I'm not going to preach on Sunday morning. So he just left the church and he started walking in the, uh, in the woods and suddenly he got uh, scared to his life because there's a bear chasing him so bad. You know, so he started running, running, running. Finally, he was gasping for breath. He knelt down and he said, God, I'm so sorry I messed up. I didn't, I didn't want to skip church anymore. Would you do me one favor? Please make this bear a Christian bear. So the Christian the bear came close and looked at him, closed his eyes. Thank you, Jesus, for the food I'm about to eat. <laughs> so anyway, lift up, your, lift up your Bible and say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us, reveal your heart to us. And uh, it's only you can convict, Father. You can, only you can impact and uh, bring a transformation. Use my mouth, Father, to be the vessel that brings your truth to your children so that it won't just stay on the notes or on our phones or in our mind, but go deeper and will bring a transformation. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We are continuing a series on the Beatitudes. Uh, we started last week. It's totally eight Beatitudes are there. We're going to do four and then we're going to take a break the September month and God willing we'll continue again in, in October. So yes, last week we talked about the first one, the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. It's not up in the screen but I want to read these two statements. I read this last Sunday. I'm going to read this again. I just believe this is profound. Leonard, Leonard Ravenel said this, a man who is intimate with God is not intimidated by men. A man who is intimate with God is not intimidated by men. And John Wesley said this, a family altar will alter many families. Amen. A family altar will alter many families. And I believe this very profoundly that I know some of you are single and available and some of you are married and newly, some of you are married for a long time like our brother Sunil been married for 21, 22. Wow. 22 years and we're going to hit 10 years next year and you know so it's amazing and you're still praying okay, okay. wonderful and uh, uh, he wants to marry a Nepali so he's very very determined about it so that's amazing so, so anyway so but I believe as a family coming together and praying it's so important and this guy John Wesley said this made the statement because he comes from a big family and he actually was caught in a fire when he was 11 years old and they didn't have this, you know later to take him out they made a human later and brought him down and uh, like, no wonder you know out of this 11 year old God used him to transform almost two continents North America and England and uh, so I just believe that you know your family altar is important so even if you are so busy just grab at least few minutes as a family we do that uh, every day, almost every day, I don't want to lie by saying every day, but almost every day we gather together, grab some, you know, like a bread and a wine. We just talk about Jesus and started emphasizing the fact that Jesus is real. It's not just a Sunday thing. So that's why I like to read these two statements. A man who is intimate with God is not intimidated by men. And John Wesley said, a family altar will alter many families. And uh, we have done last week extensively about the work of the um, 
the first one the blessed are the poor in spirit what it means it means the humility and we talked about what how to walk in humility and everything this morning we're going to talk about the second one blessed are those who mourn and they will be comforted the, by the way it's not up in the screen what we are talking is a upside down kingdom by the way let me tell you everything is upside down the kingdom of god is unique upside down and eternal kingdom in the kingdom of god we receive by giving in the kingdom of god we go high by going low in the kingdom of god we conquer by surrender in the kingdom of god we gain by losing in the kingdom of god we become his bride by first becoming his child in the kingdom of god we become significant when we know our insignificance and finally the kingdom in the kingdom of god we live by dying and this is a reality of our kingdom it's totally different the earthly kingdom says get all you can can all you get sit on your can but this kingdom says you want to go high go low you want to you want to live die you want to you want to receive give first so it's a totally a different kingdom so we talked about it last week and we talked about the example of william carey also but uh, for those who haven't received it uh, it's on the youtube also you can just uh, look at it take a look this this morning we're going to talk about blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted the passion version says very different so i did an extensive search yesterday uh, studying a little bit about this word mourning and that actually uh, it's not up in the screen but the passion got it you know they have a different interpretation i don't want to go disagreeing with them but their interpretation is like this what delight comes to you when you wait upon the lord for you will find what you long for because what they found out the greek word for moon and the greek word for uh, uh, the hebrew word for moon is actually uh, the, the hebrew word for wait which is kuwa kawa something like that i'm not a hebrew scholar but little bit i learned uh, it's basically so identical so they kind of that's why they rephrased it and says instead of mourning they said the light whose delight will come upon you when you wait they took out the word mourn they put the word wait there so wait upon the lord they will find what they long for in other words those who mourn blessed are those who are mourn for they will be comforted so what we going to do is uh, uh, we going to look at those two words this morning the word uh, mourn and then the word wait so first we going to do the word wait what this word wait wait means because psalms 27 it's not up in the screen verse 14 says wait for the lord be strong and take heart wait for the lord and uh, the word actually uh, basically means uh, wait means kawa which is uh, not the kawa in tamil <laughs> that's different you know which is uh, which is a different word where uh, the author um, in in proverb says the threefold cord will not be easily broken which is basically it's intertwined it's twisted it's like you and god become so one it's that's the wait it's not waiting for it's waiting on the lord it's becoming you and him become so strongly connected it's intimate in such a way you are waiting upon the lord and that's what in isaiah also says those who wait upon the lord shall renew their strength what happens becomes his strength becomes your strength it's almost become a divine exchange happens and this is something doesn't happen on sunday morning if you just want to come and touch base with the lord it's a daily basis so so sunday christians this word probably won't apply because 
all you get is one and a half hours and we want to keep honor the time and everything 40 minutes of worship 25 minutes of 30 minutes of sermon so this will not cut it this is every single day that you kind find time that you say i'm going to wait upon the lord that's just a deep connection and i'm not talking about spending 4 5 hours i'm talking about that's constant awareness of the presence that you are you know you are a spirit you have a soul you live in a body but your spirit is connected to god's spirit that constant awareness makes you feel like i am i am not codependent i am not independent but i am interdependent amen does it make sense yes so this is the word wait means so what we're going to do is uh we're going to we're going to talk about three principles about the waiting so nobody likes waiting uh, we moved here in 2010 and we thought we got it all we have the vision we want to start this blah 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 but the lord said i want to conquer you before i want to conquer through you and sometimes that's the very challenging part because uh, we want to conquer we want to put the stuff you know our website were ready someone gave, you know in, in in one of my friend in states he said i'm going to make you a website and he made a website and i asked him how much he paid for it i almost had a little shock because i wish that money we would have used it somewhere for a different purpose and obviously you know sometimes you go step ahead of god but that's not what god really wants god wants not to run ahead of you you know what god doesn't want you to run ahead of him but rather walk with him there is a ministry called walking working with jesus not working for jesus so all this years one thing i would say is god is conquering us before he conquers through us and i believe some of you are the same place you know and some of you god is conquering you before some of you are wondering why i don't see that you know breakthrough why i see because god is in the business of conquering us christ becoming your source of everything so these are three principles that are done what happens when we during the time of waiting first one old man is crucified galatians 2:20 says i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me and the life i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me so christ becomes your hope of glory the old man is crucified this thing amen so the so the old man gets crucified what does that mean it's a constant submission to the correction of the holy spirit so i believe this very strongly salvation is the beginning of journey but then walking with the holy spirit is totally different thing salvation is god's part but then discipleship is our part we have to earn we have to sorry we have to yield to the work of the holy spirit and many times we think okay god saved me and i'm fine with that yes it's you're fine but that's not the end goal the end goal is christ becomes your life in everything so that's what happens during the time of waiting and i have learned one specific lesson in the time of waiting is though waiting sucks only if you can witness to that waiting sucks but in the midst of waiting i have learned the most valuable lesson that christ becomes my center identity and this is important because many times we wanted to put things to define us people to define us status to define us sex salary status passion position position all those wants to define us that's what we are taught like you know you want to be a successful pastor show how big is your congregation if you want to be a successful doctor tell how many degrees you have behind your name so if you want to be a successful businessman show your business wealth if you want a successful contractor show the high rises that you have built this is what we are called all externals but christ the upside down kingdom says yes i want to conquer through you but 
let me conquer you first amen and that's the first one the second one we are running fast because there's a lot to cover the second one is identity is secured no need to perform or conform let christ in me transforms me so the joy of the lord becomes our strength so what happens when nothing goes around when nothing happens what you desire you know there was a time we felt like the the b line was not even there's no graph on the mark just straight line and you feel like you're done you're waste you're gone and then in that time christ is saying now that i know that you are secure in who you are in not in what you do let me bring my glory in your life amen and that's that's been a really hard challenging journey the challenging because my flesh is not willing that's why it's challenging but if you allow your flesh it's not challenging anymore the third one we learn to be excellent host of the holy spirit and this is the beautiful part so now your 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 preoccupation is not what i do your preoccupation is based on like am i hosting the presence well billigram says this so profoundly and and he used to say this uh, until i don't know until he had the conscious mind he used to say and you know some of you know that the last few years he lost his you know like mind and he became ill and he passed away but he said this very clearly every single day god help me not to blow it up the things that you have started in me that you that you will be glorified in every area of my life you know and this is the thing i just sometimes we think like oh i just want to do it i just want to do it but christ is saying you know what the greatest present that you can have is to host the presence of god amen and so i am become more god conscious than sin conscious i am become more you know kingdom conscious than ministry conscious it's not what people look at me and say oh you have a very low portfolio or you have a small congregation it's, it doesn't matter because i carry the most important gift the presence of god in my life amen and that's the greatest compliment so now now that we talked about the word weight because i want to go into the word moan because it's a subject that nobody likes to talk because who likes to lose something who likes to fail who likes to make you know it's like it's a subject that nobody wants to address and i want to talk about that's why we're going to spend next 15 minutes on that so the, there are five areas that five things that cripple people i wrote down here the first one is guilt if you're taking notes write it down first one is guilt guilt what is guilt what we did that we know it's not right that's guilt it's just bothers us how many of you went through that phase yes we all gone through this guilt ah oh, man i wish you know suddenly you feel like man you, you're so just like, i wish i never did that and yeah, that's the thing it's we all go through that second shame what brings shame condemnation and recently i came across this word condemnation i like to read take one word and do a lot of word study just want to read and read and get to get to the root of it and the word condemnation in english doesn't do justice but actually the e, greek word is two words death sentence so let's read this word in christ there is no death sentence can we say this again in christ there is no but people don't want to talk about in christ they say i don't have death sentence but you don't have death sentence where in christ so it starts romans 8 romans 7 says i am a wretched man i messed up what i want to do i don't do it what i don't want to do I end up doing it that's romans 7 romans 8 he starts by saying in christ there is no condemnation in other words no death sentence and then finishes off by verse 39 in christ we are more than conquerors what is a conqueror conqueror is not just a soldier 
is someone is not just a warrior not all conquerors are warriors not all warriors are soldiers so someone who has got everything like the gladiator maximano have you seen that movie so it's it's that kind of thing it's like he has conquered everything so he's not worried about the caesar he's not worried anything because the one who lives in him is greater than the one who lives in the world and that's why this verse is very important second one is the shame the third one is regret we all go through this phase regret and that brings worry you know that brings such a you know worry is something that you can never change you can ne- by worrying you will never change a thing and number 4 bitterness which from, comes from unforgiveness and this is a real issue because this made churches divided ministries divided organizations divided even families are split apart just because of bitterness number 5 and this is the one which is big one we don't want to talk about it it's called loss and either you have gone through either you are going through or you will go through loss is inevitable you may lose a material stuff or somebody close i lost my dad 10 years ago almost 2010 and um, my brother sent me a couple of uh, pictures on whatsapp and old of pictures of my dad he came to wedding in spain and he was wearing a suit and first time flying out of india on the plane you know he never put his feet on the plane can you imagine and uh, so he was so excited so everywhere he got his little you know the camera those days that you can take the roll camera you just put 35 rolls and he had like 10 rolls he would take pictures after pictures after pictures and he would and and i just looked at this picture and i'm thinking wow i do miss my dad you know it's it's you will never get over your loss you will only get through by the grace of god and we're going to talk this morning and i know my brother chenny lost his dad uh, almost a year no now yeah almost a year and almost a year so it's it's challenging and some of you you don't know how to deal with it and sometimes people kind of hide this the greatest ministry for a person who going through loss you can do is what the ministry of presence that's what the job's friend did they were all good friends until they opened their mouth if they didn't open the mouth the book of job only only be three chapters it's true the moment they opened their mouth it became 42 and this is the thing the ministry of presence don't say to a person who is going through your loss call me if you need me they are not going to call you why because they are themselves are going through that's why the ministry of presence like is so important you take initiative you write you call you bring a food or whatever so this morning we're going to just a little bit that we're getting into the subject another 15 minutes we'll wrap it down is it okay guys okay so i wrote down here five ways god comforts those who are mourning and this is the scripture i want to focus on is there a scripture there before should be a scripture write down the scripture psalms 34 verse 18 i'm reading from the new century version the lord is close to the broken hearted and he saves those whose spirit have been crushed i want to pause here for a while he saves those whose spirit remember we are a spirit we have a soul we live in a body so he is talking all the three here he saves the spirit he binds up the broken hearted and he is close to us physically 
This is the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why it says, Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. And it's so important to realize that godly grief is important. I grew up in south of Tamil Nadu, a place called Salem. And there, the way they grieve is very different. They have they are higher professional mourners. Have you, have, you, have you ever seen? Yes. They are amazing. And they get a little bit of liquor and a courtroom koli biryaniyam kurtita podo so they they talk a little bit and they cry they, especially the ladies they have this long hair they do like this they beat their chest so hard and they put a microphone close to it and it echoes the whole village i don't think that's a godly grief there's a way godly grief is to vent out your emotions to god it's good to vent out you know why because god is not scared of your emotions even if you say, God, my life sucks because you allowed this. God is not going to say, hey man, that's disrespectful. Say please. <laughs> you know, we say that to our kids. You know, today, when my wife does her makeup in the car because she doesn't have time in the morning, so she does the makeup and Asha was like, give me the makeup right now. Asha, three-year-old, she wants makeup. I need the makeup now and we have to say to her, Asha, what is the magic word? And please, can I have a makeup? You know, blah, blah, blah. But God is not offended when you just say, you know what, God, life sucks. What the heck, man, you know. He's not going to be saying, oh, please use the word please and thank you, you know. But he's so, he's your daddy. You can share with him. So there's a five ways he more, he comforts us. And I'm going to quickly go through that and then give you tons of scriptures. And that will be helpful. First one, um, I, I wrote down here, every one of us will experience loss in our lives. How, so how does God heal your broken hearts? You, you don't get over a loss. You, can, you, you can't go under it. You can't go around it. You have to go through the loss. And if you're scared, if you're scared to express emotion and refuse to go through it, that's where you get stuck. You can't get around it. You can't get over it. People say, hey, time will heal, man. Time will not heal. Ten years, I'm still, sometimes I look at my picture of my dad. You know, my early part of my dad's with life, he lived... A, you know, very military style leadership. So I rebelled and messed up. And But the last 10 years of my life with him was one of the best years. We became buddies. And I remember he came back from Spain and he said to me, and I, I got really scared. And he said to me, I can go to heaven now. One of my wishes was to go to Europe. And I didn't just go as a tourist. Now I went and attended my son's wedding. So I can go to heaven now. That was in April. March we got married. April he said this, April end. And August end, he died. In fact, the 31st, he passed away. And, and I said, Dad, Dad, no, there will be many trips you will do together. But it's like, I, sometimes that word haunts you. It's like, man, I wish he's there. I wish he could see, you know, what his son is doing. I wish he could see his grandchildren. But loss is there. What do you do? How do you deal with that? So these are the five things I wrote down. It's so beautiful. Okay, it's beautiful for me. I believe it's going to be for you. First one, he bind by he comforts us by binding us to himself and grieving with you. This is the first thing. He binds us. That's why the Bible says in the NCV translation, he binds the brokenhearted and grieves with you. John 11 says, Jesus cried. But the Passion Translation, I wrote down here, the Passion Translation says, 11.35 Then tears streamed down Jesus' face. 
Sometimes we keep Jesus so far, we think he's, he has no emotions. But this was the story of, that he encountered with his best friend. Tears came down. We will look at some of the scriptures. So he, by, by binding us to himself and grieving with you. I don't know if you are in loss, you've gone through or you miss someone. But right now God wants to say this to you. He is the one who binds us to himself. And he wants to grieve with you. He wants to cry with you. So it's good to cry with him. It's good to share your dream, your, your, your pain, your loss over to him. Number two, by bringing us close to your church. It's very important. Church fellowship is very, very important. And that's why we emphasize this. You know, what is a church? Church is not a building you attend. Church is not a building you go to or a program you attend to. It is a family you belong to. That's a church. And I have seen this. A lot of people, they are like, I call them frog Christians. They just jump from one place to another place. And then now that you have digital everything, everybody is doing live services. You can pick and choose every time. I tell you guys, it's so important. What is fellowship? Reynard Bonke says two fellows in a ship. And basically that's what it means. It's church is not a building you go to or a meeting you attend to. It is a family you belong to. And that's why we don't even call this a church. We call it Papa's house. We have, we, have, we have created a community in a sense where nobody is higher or lower. No one reverend, right reverend, left reverend. Nothing is there. It's just us. You know, I'm, if I'm older to someone, they, you know, and they call me Anna. If I am younger to someone, I call them brother. And that's how we have this mutual relationship. Respect. Why? We are all equal, but there are senior among equals. Some of them walked further. Some of them are just walking, but Holy Spirit is the same in every person's heart. And it's so important that you find somewhere, you know, that you connect, you plug in, you share, you talk. And this is why he brings us closer to the church. It's so important. And I know sometimes, you know, busy work schedule, you work crazy and if you are in a bond you work even more and then you are tired Sunday is the only day you want to snooze off but I tell you it's so beautiful if you plug in somewhere and you connect with someone Amen. he binds us by bringing us himself but he also brings us he brings comfort by bringing us closer to your church number three by turning everything for good in and through us Everything I, I cannot believe. I, I think I told you my testimony a little bit. Uh, my dad beat me when I until when I was 17 or 18, and I rebelled. You know, he used to take a whip and beat. And when once I think I was 17, he no, I'm not sure 17. It could be wrong a little bit. And he beat me. I rebelled. I start beating him back, and he started bleeding. So he went to the police, and he reported, and the cops arrested me, and I was in jail for. Four days. And this part of testimony, anybody I shared? No, no. There are more revelations will come. Don't worry. So, 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 and I was in, and I, and I was in prison. And my dad and me were, didn't talk for three years. Was so, because I got so irritated. He would, he was a military style. No questions asked. You do what he says. That's it. So at one point, I was like fed up. You know, what the heck, man? And he, you know, he started hitting me with his belt. I grabbed it, you know, and I rebelled and I hit him back. And please don't practice it at home, but <laughs> you know, but and then it turned out so bad because I was in prison and I have to go every week before the court and sign because it was it came under a crime, you know, it's, it's not just a petty crime. And three years we didn't talk, 
three years, I grew up so bitter and one day the Holy Spirit said, Charles, I can never use you. You have talents. I can take you to the nations. I have the promise. The promise is mine. But fulfilling the promise, the condition is yours. I knelt down. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You see my dad, what he did? Yeah, he did. But he did it from the revelation he came from. But your job is to go and ask forgiveness. He was in Chennai working. I went there. You know, in the Tamil culture, you lay down on the feet. And I hold my daddy's feet. And I was crying. I said, Daddy, Appa, please forgive me. Give me another chance. And all he did, he started crying. He came down. He sat on the floor, started crying. I said, Son, I never wanted to raise you as an angry person. I don't know how to raise you up. That's how I was raised. That's how I was raised. The relationship restored in a beautiful way. And I, I want to tell you, why I'm telling you this, not to just brag about what, you know, I, this Christ did amazing transformation work. That's why I said the last 10 years became one of the most strong buddy relationship you had. This is what I'm telling you. Now, he, turned, he turns everything out for good for those who love God. That's what Romans 8 says. Number four, he, by helping us grow and help others who are in pain. This is what happens. Today I could be able to share my loss, my pain. Not just here, in around the world I go and say, you know what, you may, you may never get over it, but you will get through it with the help of Jesus. That's what happens when you go through pain. It's not just pain. Write down this one line. If you forget everything, forget, don't forget this line. God never waste your hurt. God never waste your hurt. And that's what happened. He took my hurt, my pain. And now I could say to people, you know, sometimes people call and say, I've gone through this, I've gone through this. I just sit there, the ministry of presence, just here with them. Don't give any advice. Don't say time will heal. This will. Just here with them, cry with them, hug them, you know, appropriately, you know. You have to say that. <laughs> sometimes it goes weird. So hug them appropriately and then stand with them. Just, just be there. That's what Jesus did. He could raise everybody there. He could, you don't need even John chapter 11. It says so amazing. The God, son of God, he actually didn't operate as a son of God. He operated as a son of man under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He didn't push the tomb down. He didn't miraculously suck him out from you know, some kind of vacuum, something. He said, remove the stone. He cried out. He came. He came with all these plasters and, you know, all these bandages. And he said, remove the bandage. Untie him. I, I spoke on that many years, many months ago. Unwrap him and let him go. There's a human part and the God's part working together. So that's what he is doing. He, he binds us together and he brings us to your church. He heals us. He uses the pain for good. But then he helps us to grow so that we can help those who are in pain. And last but not the least, I know we are running out of time, by setting us up with eternal mindset. Amen? Eternal mindset. Those blessed are those who are mourned, for theirs shall be comforted. Eternal mindset. I know one day, I'm going to be with my daddy in heaven, rejoicing with him. Amen? But there are a lot of, lot of parents don't have this privilege. A lot of kids don't have the privilege. Their fathers have not walked with the Lord. So how are you going to do? Start praying, blessing them. You know, one of our sisters here, Swati, her, her parents are all Hindus, you know, and one of the deep cry for her, her grandmother, before she comes to know, before she dies, she will somehow tell about Jesus. Somehow. And it didn't happen, but 
during the death funeral she has to open up and tell her parents i follow jesus they were shocked and they said okay but we didn't see anything weird so far you are doing good it's the christ in you amen amen so they said okay we can't technically say anything wrong about what's happened see christ in you is not changing a name from kumarasamy to yesudas hello hmm actually beautiful name kumarasamy you know son of god, uh, prince of god anyway if you translate it i'm going to read some scriptures let's quickly write down write down the scriptures isaiah psalms 34:18 we read the lord is close to the broken heart he saves to those whose spirits have been crushed isaiah 53 verse 3 says in from the new living jesus was a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief that means he knows your grief he knows your grief Take this verse. I have written almost six or seven scriptures for you to write it down, so that you memorize it. You think about it, meditate upon it. Eleven thirty-five of John says Jesus wept, but Passion Version says then tears streamed down Jesus' face. How many of you face tears in your heart? You know, and sometimes you don't know why you face. It's so challenging. You can't share. You know, I grew up in a culture where, you know, if you are a real man with mustache, you can't cry. But real men do cry. Amen. Anyway, so Romans twelve, five, ten, and fifteen. Look at this verse. In Christ, we, though many, from one body, and each member belong to all the others, be devoted to each other like the loving family. That's why he brings us to your church, loving family. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Amen. So if somebody gets a promotion, rejoice with them. Somebody goes through your loss, stand with them, pray with them. Don't try to say, you know what? Last son, last last tight, last month tight, you failed to give. That's why God is punishing you. Don't, you know, don't try to be that you know sin syndrome, sin in the camp mentality. Try to cry with them, pray with them, and laugh with them. You know, for Proverbs twenty thirty says, physical punishment cleanses away evil, but such discipline purifies the heart. God uses pain. God uses people. God uses pleasures to change and conform us in the image of His Son. Okay, Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and called according to His purpose for them. Second Corinthians four seventeen to eighteen. For our present troubles are small, but won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly overweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now; rather, we fix our gaze on things that we cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. The things we cannot see will last forever. So how many times I heard people say, "Life is too short, enjoy," but no one will say there is going to be a life we'll spend with heaven forever and ever. Let's prepare for it. Hello. Life is too short. Enjoy. Maja karna. But people don't say, "Hey, life is spend time with Jesus is eternal. Let's prepare for it." And sometimes loss here is inevitable. It's challenging. It's painful. But life spent with Jesus is there. It's forever and ever. And let's prepare for that. Look at this. First Thessalonians four thirteen. We don't want you to be ignorant. That's what Paul saying about those who have died. We don't want you to be grieved like the people who have no hope. A lot of people do that. They say, "Ah, oh, that's it." I remember one of my friend. Uh, he goes to a church on Good Friday. He's completely drunk, and I ask him why he is drunk. And over a port tangya, they killed him, man. They killed him. So that's why he is drunk. So Saturday finished. New, new Easter. I say, "Good, hey, happy Easter." He's fully drunk. 
rejection when god comfort you don't keep it bring others to comfort amen look at this verse we're going to this is isaiah 61 verse 3 4 7 are you guys okay to more maybe another 5 minutes i'll wrap it up i know we are a little bit off 10:30 but 61 verse 3 4 7 8 and 9 to all who mourn in israel he will give them a crown of beauty for ashes mourning comforted mourning is ashes crown of beauty comfort look at this there will be a joyous blessing instead of mourning festive praise instead of despair look at this verse i have highlighted the word they who are they they are the one who been comforted they are the one whose mourning has been turned into festive praise they are the one who turned their ashes into beauty so look what they are doing they will build ancient ruins repairing the cities destroyed long ago they will revive them though they have been deserted for many generation instead of shame and dishonor you will receive double share of honor and they will possess double portion of prosperity in their land everlasting joy will be theirs for i the lord love justice i hate robbery and wrongdoing i will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them their descendants will be recognized and honored among the nations everyone will realize that they are the people and the lord has blessed you know one of the things that pray i pray for me when i raise isaac and asha that i don't want to repeat the same history with my dad with him i'm telling you i'm being vulnerable here with you why because i don't want him to rebel with me when he becomes 18 and says because history repeats itself if you don't change if you don't learn and that's my prayer and i've been accountable with my wife we have mentors to ask how i am dealing with this my dad whatever things comes out he will just throw it at your face or whatever to discipline i am learning to take him to the room you know explain before by the time 60% of your anger is gone and then only beat on your butt and that too without anger then you explain why you beat and then give him a hug this is like ministry of jesus <laughs> honestly i mean some of you are laughing but that's you know i i was taught you know and the suit oda suit kudutha da nalla irukum am i right it's that's how you been taught you know you you have to do it in the same time but no i'm learning now and i'm i'm telling you why because i don't want to same the reputation because that's what it says their descendants will be recognized and honored among the nation everyone will realize that they are the people and the lord has blessed this is the last slide i want to show you and finish off I want to talk about hope blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted how will be comforted in christ who is christ christ is our only hope i wrote down here hope is not a pill or a principle or a program or a policy or a product now is no all the peace hope is a person amen and his name is yeshua 
is not a pill there is no amount of seven steps three steps you know therapy I, so sorry some of you you know most of you come from medical facility medical faculty and and i am not undermining that but no amount of therapy can replace the touch of the holy spirit no amount i'm not undermining god heals through medicine i do believe but there is a divine sovereign touch divine sovereign touch one of the stories this old girl from hindu background bamin gabron from darjeeling she was doing dts her parents doesn't know she is in bangalore doing a discipleship school pakka hindus she came to know the lord and one american missionary there he said he paid all her fees and she was doing and she had no clue about religion the first day the holy spirit touched her and all throughout the class all she was doing was she was full of tears she could not understand the the love of god ministering and she stood up and she said i don't know i never felt god so personal like this and gone through so many challenges some of the stories you i, I can't even share them so many challenges the love of god boom sets you free that's why hope is not a pill not a principle not a program not a policy not a product hope is a person this is just i want to start